Good morning. It is um, an enormous joy to be back here, uh, to be back at the bridge. A church had a very big impact on our, our lives, on Sarah and I years ago. We were like students at Regent College, theological students, and we wanted to serve and plug into a church. And uh, the bridge was looking for a youth pastor at the time and really welcomed us, uh, um, embraced us. We walked together. And it's been such, such a joy to um, be in touch with several of you since, uh, to be able to see many of you uh, I can uh, recognize um, today. And many who are new, right? And see the whole, a whole new face for the church, uh, the, the building of this building. And it's such a joy. I remember uh, business meetings in which people were talking about this idea and praying and talking about the challenges. And I know it takes a lot of effort, a lot of years of work. And it's so nice to be back here and, uh, and to be with you. So uh, Sarah sends some greetings. And I'm thrilled to be uh, with you for this weekend and share the word. So if I can pray right now, is that okay? So we can stay and, and go to the word. Thank you so much, Lord, for the joy of being your body of Christ in many nations, Lord, and join the millions of people who today, Lord, are setting time, uh, aside some time to uh, worship you, to meet us communities, to uh, proclaim your gospel, and I pray that you can meet us today here as well, Lord, that your Holy Spirit might dwell in our hearts and um, that you might uh, listen to your word, Lord, and be encouraged and edified by it. In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. Amen. Last Sunday, we saw the hardships Paul experienced in his missionary journeys. After being stoned at Lystra, one of the cities he visited, Luke tells that he strengthened the souls of the disciples, and that saying that we must go through many tribulations to enter the kingdom of God. In this world, we will have tribulations. That is unavoidable. We enter the kingdom of God through many tribulations because we follow the crucified Christ. Pastor Craig said something crucial last Sunday. We have to go through these tribulations, not around them. Through, not around. Today I'd like to explore this, this thing further by stepping away for a moment from our series on the book of Acts and talk about an Old Testament story that provides some other prepositions to help us face our tribulations. Is that okay? The prepositions are these. Three. It's up, not down. Forward, not backwards. And together, not alone. These are the lessons we learned from uh, one of the darkest times in the people of Israel. What two women who had lost everything do. They stand up and they remain down. They go forward and not back backwards. And they walk together, not each in a different direction. So let's uh, read the beginning of the book of Ruth. Let's see, uh, and we may have here in the slides. There we go. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. And a man of Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi. And the name of, names of his two sons were Melon and Kilion. They were Ephratites from Bethlehem in Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the second was Ruth. They lived there for about 10 years, and both Melon and Kilion died as well, so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Naomi suffers five enormous losses. She faces hunger, that forces the family to emigrate to another country. She loses her land and emigrates to Moab, a country of pagan faith and brutal culture. 
there is the spiritual decline of the time because this story takes place when the famine, um, when uh, the judges ruled and, uh, and, and one of Israel's darkest times. And in this situation of need, Naomi loses a fourth thing, her husband, her right hand. She becomes a widow and becomes a widow not in her community where maybe relatives could, could help her, but in a foreign land where she risked uh, falling into poverty. Only her sons remained. And then the sons died as well. Isn't it hard? Like, she loses her home, her land, faces hunger, moves to another country, loses her husband, and loses her children. It reminds me of the women and children we see fleeing from the war, war in Ukraine. Many of them has, have lost husbands, fathers, or children, and have to start anew in new countries. Isn't it hard? The name Naomi means pleasant. But at the end of this chapter, she says this. Let's read. Do not call me Naomi, which means pleasant. Call me Mera, bitter, for the Almighty has de dealt very bitterly with me. I get it. Who wouldn't be bitter? She lost everything, right? But then she does this in verse 6. Let's read. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law to return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and given them food. So she set out from the place where she was with her two daughters-in-law and went on the way to return to the land of Judah. Naomi suffers a lot, but she doesn't get knocked down. She stands up. The Hebrew text has this clear connotation. She gets up, which is my first point, up, not down. There are obviously seasons when we need to process our losses, cry and grief, of course. We have to go through our tribulations, not around them. We can't fall prey to our triumphalistic faith that leaves no room for pain, for doubt, or that says that everything is always okay, because it's not true. The Psalms are full of anguished prayers, and God hears us. God welcomes us as we are. But neither can we fall prey to the other extreme, to be always down, to be perpetually gloomy, to always be complaining about something. This is also wrong, to live in a state of constant defeat, to not see our challenges through Christian lenses, to not apply our faith to our everyday life. To not frame our problems with, within the bigger picture of God's work of redemption. Problems take place. Losses take place. But we learn to say, okay, it's hard. But now I choose to look at Jesus. Not just at my hardship. I face hardships, but I have a God who is bigger than my hardships. I get up and won't say defeated. It's a hard thing to do. Sometimes we remain downhearted for long periods of time, right? Um, and we find a certain pleasure, pleasure in our gloominess, don't we? I do. To stay in your pajamas, eat a lot of ice cream, stay in despair. It's nice. We like it. <laughs> I was talking um, uh, about this with our church in Rome. And I said that in Brazil we have a whole musical genre. Uh, the things of men who have been betrayed, abandoned, and alone. They said, really? I said, really? Here are some of the song titles, real songs. One is called, I Tried to Forget You. Another is called, A Good Loser. Sorry, but I'm going to cry. Another is, My Heart is in Pieces. Let me give you a taste of one of those songs. Is that okay? Here's a, sorry, a sidebar from the, from the biblical text, okay? It's a classic with millions of views on YouTube. It's called, I Slap in the Square. Let's read. Here's the, the lyrics. 
I walked alone down the streets. I talked with the stars and with the moon. I lay down on a bench in the square, trying to forget you. I fell asleep and dreamed about you. In the dream, you came on to me. You gave me a sweet kiss and hugged me. And at the key moment, in the height of love, it was already daylight and a guard woke me up. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, and, and here comes a chorus. Mr. Cop, I'm not a bum. I'm not a vagabond, I'm a needy guy. I slept in the square thinking of her. Mr. Cop, be my friend, hit me, arrest me, do everything with me, but don't let me re remain without her. In Brazil, you have songs for that, eh? Isn't it a good idea? I'm sorry that in Canada, you guys can just be sad. Sorry. You can't think about it, you have to be stoic. You can hardly shed a tear over it, right? In Brazil, we think, I'm down, it's the end, she left. I can't take it anymore. And these are all songs about betrayed men, right? If we can do it, you can do it as well. Sing it out, enjoy your blues, it's good for the heart. We have these long periods in which we enjoy those, those things in life. But then, sooner or later, it's time to get up, right? To not remain defeated, but to stand up. It's what Naomi does. After all, she's lost. She lost her home, she lost her land, she lost her husband, she lost her children. But she gets up and returns to Israel. It's also what Hannah does, a woman who really wanted to become a mother. The Bible says she was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and, and wept bitterly. But it also says that Hannah arose. She saw God and she did so before her son Samuel arrived. Not when she became a, mo a mother, but before she became a mother. Not when the test turned out te positive, but when the test was still negative. Not when her dream came true, but before her dream came true. She got up. It's also what the prophet Jonah does after taking a lot of wrong turns in life. In the beginning of the book of Jonah, let's read this part. God says this. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to the opposite direction from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. God says, Arise, Jonah but he goes in the opposite direction, goes down to the port, goes down into the ship, and then sinks to the depths of the sea. God says, arise, but Jonah descends, descends, and descends some more. But God does not give up on Jonah. Neither does he give up on the mission field of Nineveh, a great city at the time. In chapter three, God's, God meets Jonah again and says this, let's read. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you to do. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Maybe you can identify with Jonah. You went uh, down, then down, then further down. But now God says, get up. Stand up. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Take my hand. Reclaim your hope. I send you in mission. Don't live like a victim. Become the protagonist of your story. 
Don't focus on what other people might have done. Focus on what you are going to do now. Don't fall into pessimism, into cynicism, into fatalism. Return to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus is risen. Jesus saves. Don't let life defeat you, but arise with Christ. Up, not down. It's what Naomi and her daughters-in-law do in the beginning of the book of Ruth. They get up. But then comes a dilemma, uh, which is um, which way to go. To get up is not enough. We also need to know where to go, right? And after so many losses, the three of them had lost their husbands. The temptation to go back was fierce. Let's read this part, verse 7 to 15. So she set out from the place where she was with her two daughters-in-law, and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each of you to your mother's house. May the Lord do kindly with you, as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. It's a very uh, emotional moment. And they said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb that they may, may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. And if I should say I have hope, and if I should have a husband this night and should bear sons, would you therefore wait until they were grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, for it is, it is exceedingly bitter for me, for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Then they lift up their voices and wept again. Well, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. And she said, see, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. It's a moving gesture of love. Naomi lets her daughters-in-law start over, remarry, and form new families. It's a gesture of detachment and generosity, a beautiful thing for widows at the time. But it meant also a return to their parents' home. It meant also a return to the gods of Moab to again place their faith in a husband and in the security of a marriage. To get up is important, but another dilemma we face in difficult times is to, is to go forward or to go backwards. To advance in faith or to fall back into the habits and gods of the past. After Jesus dies, what do the disciples do? They return to fishing. They return to the life they had before Jesus called them to be fishers of men. We are tempted to go back to what brought us a sense of security and stability in the past. We feel fragile and regress to the life we had, maybe, before we gave our lives to, to Jesus. We put our trust in our savings, maybe, or in a house. We place our faith in ourselves, in our education, in our family, in our gifts. To get up is not enough. We have to advance and not go backwards. When you're steady, the gods of Moab, like they're nothing. But when you feel fragile, there's something to cling to. Because we did so in the past, and so we cling them again. But God calls us to newness of life. To the freedom of the children of God. To new steps of maturity in Christ. They don't have the familiarity of the past, but they will help you grow in maturity, 
in peace, in um, holiness, and in fullness of life in Christ. Don't put your trust in a job, in a house, in your savings, in your children, in yourself. Put your faith in God. Fix your eyes on Jesus. God is our rock. God is our savior. God is our soulmate. Decide today, I will go forward, not backwards. I will advance, not regress. Orpah goes backwards and returns to the safety of her parents' home, of a new marriage, and of the gods of Moab. But Ruth does something extraordinary. It's our third point, together, not alone. Let's read this part. But Ruth said, do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. There I will be buried. May the Lord do so to me, and more also if anything but death parts me from you. And when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more. It's an extraordinary answer. Two poor widows were very vulnerable in ancient times. But Ruth puts her faith in the God of Israel. She remains faithful to her daughter-in-law. And she embraces a glorious future as King David's great-grandmother and, and as an ancestor to the Lord Jesus. So she can't see the future, of course, but we always have a beautiful future when we remain faithful to Christ. It's our third point, together, not alone. Up, not down. Forward, not backwards. And together, not alone. Together, we lift each other up. Together, we exhort each other uh, to advance spiritually. And together, we do more than what we could do individually. What an extraordinary example Ruth gives us. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. When hardship comes, she doesn't bunker down. She reaches out. When hardship comes, she doesn't weaken her relationships. She strengthens her relationships. She also shows the beauty of non-romantic types of love. A mother-in-law and a daughter-in-law who become like a mother and a daughter to each other. And rebuild their lives together, not alone. I heard once a parable, uh, someone came up with a parable, about a person who visited hell and then heaven. In hell, this person saw skinny and hungry people. Even though they stood around a cauldron full of food, because they had very long spoons, which they couldn't bring to their own mouths. But then this person visited heaven and saw this very same thing. The cauldron, the food, the long spoons. But in heaven, people were happy and nourished because they fed each other. Right? It's an image of what it means to live in community. We serve each other. We support each other. We love each other. There are things I can't provide for myself. I can provide them for you, and you can do the same for me. We gotta serve each other. It's what we do in the body of Christ. We are adopted by God as his children, and we adopt each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. We join forces and form a spiritual family that lives in community. So here's uh, the question I wanted to put uh, to you today. What does it mean for you today? Uh, to get up, to go forward, and to do so together. 
What has made you down on the ground? What tempts you uh, to go back? What uh, relationship or friendship are you tempted to leave or to not start? Don't remain where you are. Get up. Look to Jesus. Place your hardship in the larger picture of God's redemption. Take new steps of faith, of prayer, and let's do that together. Not divided, not alone, together. And to conclude, let me tell you a few stories of people who are living this out. Real people who are facing their challenges with Christ and together in Italy. Here's a picture. This is Luciana, this lady over here. Luciana had uh, some very difficult years uh, at work and in her marriage. And her marriage ended. Uh, she and her husband got divorced. One day she saw a banner in front of her neighborhood parish that said, God loves you. And she was struck by that, entered that, that, that church, and a priest gave her attention. But his intentions were not pure. And he tried to do what he shouldn't. She said, it was worse than my ex-husband's betrayal. But Luciana didn't give up. A friend invited her to opera to our church. She came on a Sunday in which we were presenting the budget and challenging the community to increase our offerings because we were in the red. But Luciana loved it. She said, oh, how transparent. And she got up with Christ, gave her life to Christ, was baptized last year, and is taking new steps to face the hardships of life with her community. I am so proud of Luciana. Here's another picture. This is Vincenzo. Vincenzo is a very dear friend who had years of uh, drug addiction. He went to rehab, um, gave everything he got, and managed to leave everything behind. He was baptized last year as well. Now he drives a truck making deliveries for a milk company in Rome. Um, one day he told me, Pastor, can I, give you, can I make a donation, something from work? I said, sure. And he donated two boxes full of muffins and juice boxes uh, for the children at church. Uh, they loved it. But they didn't know the story that led to that. The story of a man who got up, who went forward, and who is doing so together. I am so proud of Vincenzo. Another picture. This is Melissa. Melissa grew up in Peru. Uh, her, left her, her father left her home when she was small. And her mother moved to Italy to find a job and send money back to the family. So she grew up with relatives. Uh, and after several years, moved to Rome as well. We met her in our first month in Rome. She and her boyfriend, Giovanni, uh, gave their lives to Christ in the very beginning. Uh, but then Giovanni's family uh, pressured him. And he took a step back. And she decided to follow him and, not, and stopped attending church as well. Years passed by. And one day, I thought of contacting her again. And she decided to come back. She got up, got baptized, Lost some relatives recently because of COVID, but is now facing everything with Christ. I am so proud of Melissa as well. This one is Madalina, story of Madalina. Madalina comes from Romania. She also grew up without her father. Her mother was reached by missionaries when they lived in England and then they moved uh, to Italy. Last year they had to leave their, their apartment because their building risked collapsing. And Madalina, her mother and her grandmother, um, lost her home, their home and became homeless overnight. But Madalina faced it all with faith. She's one of the most joyous people I know. 
She now lives outside of Rome in a temporary house, but still serves our church and creates our slides for Sunday morning. Just last week, she wrote, I'm missing you all in person, but I'm happy to continue serving the church. It makes me feel like I never left. I am so proud of Madalina. Final story of two people. This, are, uh, this one there is Valentina. Valentina grew up in a cultural form of faith, which is very typical in Italy, but considered herself at some point an atheist. Someone witnessed to her when she lived in Chicago once, and she returned to Rome and a roommate invited her to our church. She was struck by what she described as the light she saw on people's faces. And she invited her boyfriend in the next, next picture, called Massimo, who at first was afraid of seeing people singing with hands held high, right? But um, then eventually let himself go and join the singing. <laughs> they were baptized in 2020, uh, moved to Vancouver now for a season, and are here with us this morning. Yes, yes. Where are you guys seated now? There you go, Massimo and Valentina. So you guys wanna know one of those two people there? They're sitting right here with us today. I'm proud of you, Valentina. I'm proud of you, Massimo. So, fiero di voi. Fiero di voi. <laughs> Examples of regular people facing the hardships of life, but doing so with Christ and together. So, let me ask you again what does it mean for you to get up, go forward, and do that together? What's your next step? What is God calling you to? Let's take a moment to pray in silence. And then I'll close us in prayer. And I want to pray for us now. If you want, you are very welcome to stand up physically in your own place as a symbolic act of what you want to do, want to do spiritually as well. Lord, I want to pray today for each of us, Lord. You know our hardships. You know our challenges. You know our sin. Everything we have to overcome, Lord. But we want to declare today that we want to get up with Christ. We want to follow you, Lord. We want to go forward and not backwards. And we want to do that with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Not losing sight of the people who are next to us, Lord. But encouraging each other. And following you, Lord. And growing in maturity in you. Come and meet us today, Lord. We pray to the God who, was, who died and rose again. Who knew, Lord, pain, betrayal, loss, rejection, and death. Who, who rose again and who offers newness of life to us now through the gift of the Spirit. Be with us, Lord. Touch our hearts. We want to follow you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us at the Bridge Church in this way. If God has spoken to you through his word, or if you're wanting to reach out to pray, or just wanting to know more about our church, access our website. There you can connect with us and also have access to other contents. We are a church that lives to know Jesus Christ personally and to make him known. 
We believe he is the hope of the world and wants to give you hope as well. We believe the best news ever has come in and through him. May you know him more and make him known today. We'd love to hear from you.